Now I, Paul, appeal to you with the gentleness and kindness of Christ, though I realize you think I am timid in person and bold only when I write from far away. Well, I am begging you now so that when I come, I won't have to be bold with those who think we act from human motives. We are human, but we don't wage war as humans do. We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and to destroy false arguments. We destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. We capture their rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. And after they have become fully obedient, we will punish everyone who remains disobedient. Welcome to the Powell Perspective. I'm your host, Chris Powell. What? I kind of started off a little uh a little dramatic that go around, I guess. Um, I feel like the last episode I did kind of needed a follow-up episode. Like maybe dig a little bit deeper into that. Like I really don't want this to turn into like a uh to it turn into like a sermon deal. I'm just really trying to help people. Um get to a better place, you know, and I feel like in everything I mentioned in the last episode about becoming more aware of your self psychology and all that type and of things, you know, we could go deeper because you could always say, well, how, how do I do that? Well, I can't remember if I'd mentioned it or not, but it's like when you start recognizing what part of the cycle you're in, you know, first you have to admit you have a cycle. Then you take a little bit of time to look and reflect and see what your cycle is, what stage you're in it now, and find out what triggers these cycles, okay? Um, one big part of this, it's in 2 Corinthians um, 10, 5, I think we're going to start here. It's, there's a bunch of different translations. That first one on the intro was the, I think that was the NIV or NLT. Um, NASB, the part about taking every thought captive. Um, it says we are destroying speculations and every lofty thing raised up against the knowledge of God. And we are taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Well, how do I do that, Chris? How do I take every thought captive? Well, if you'll slow down just a little bit and realize where things tend to go off the rails and it tends to go off the rails when you're overthinking or something happens and this thought process starts. Well, if you can start stopping yourself at the beginning of these things and, and, and taking every thought captive means everything. It means somebody threatens you or talks smack about your family or whatever. You take all that stuff and how you would usually respond to it and think, how would Jesus respond in this moment right here? Okay, and it takes a lot of humility, and it's something that's not very big in our culture now. It's humility. It takes a lot of humility to really go, okay, well, what did, how did Jesus handle these things? Because if we look back, Jesus never, I mean, Jesus got upset and flipped over some tables when people were disrespecting his father's house. So anger is a natural thing, and we have that. You know, it's here. We have to deal with that. But when it comes to the day-to-day struggles of life, getting mad all the time is not natural. 
while being angry, and anger is a natural thing, it's happening every day. It really ain't more than likely you're getting angry about something stupid. But Jesus himself, you know, and I say this to myself a lot. When I want to get mad at somebody or I want to lash back at people for, for doing whatever, I, the Lord puts this in my head all the time. You realize that while they were nailing Jesus to the cross, like they've already beat the snot out of this man, has ripped his flesh, has beat him to a pulp, has forced him to carry this cross. This cross wasn't made out of carbon fiber. It wasn't light. It was a big, heavy cross made out of two pieces of tree that he had to carry. And after all that, bleeding out and and just pummeled, they start driving these nails through his hands, wrist, whatever you part you think it, it was. But they start drilling these, not drilling, but nailing these big old like nails, like the size of a uh, railroad spikes or something, maybe about half the thickness of a railroad spike. I don't know. But either way, it hurts. But while they're doing that, he is praying for God to forgive them while they're doing it. He didn't have to get nailed to the cross and lash out at them while they were doing it, cussing them, calling them all kinds of whatever. Chill back for a little while, let the pain subside, really think about how he overreacted or whatever, and then come back and apologize to him and then ask God to forgive him. No. In the heat of the storm, in, in, the, in the heat of the moment, when the nails were piercing his skin and breaking bones and all that, in that moment, he's asking God to forgive them. They're not even done doing what they're doing to him. And he's already asking them, asking for forgiveness for them. So, wow. So we can't take every thought captive. We can't control our emotions because, well, it's just, I'm an Aries and Aries are, they're just off the chain, you know, and I am an Aries and there's a lot of stuff that all that crap says that I should be like, that I am like, you know, whether you think that's the devil or whatever, it's pretty accurate sometimes, but it's not a cop out to just do what you want to do and to behave a fool. So we take every thought captive by submitting it to the obedience of Christ. Somebody cuts you off. You know what? We would typically get mad, probably throw a finger. I know I've done it. Man, I wish it hadn't. I wish it had been longer since I've done that. But it ain't been too awful long. But, you know, I could understand more if the person, like, ran into you and you got in a wreck and you had your kids with you. I'd probably be kind of smoked, too. But somebody just cuts you off, you're more or less just mad because you feel like they overpowered you or overcame you somehow. It's really not a, they didn't do anything really to hurt you. But since somebody made you feel inferior by jumping out in front of you in traffic, now you're going to throw them a finger or, or yell a word at them or whatever. It's just silly. What are other times when we can take our thoughts captive? It could be when you're by yourself and you just can't get those thoughts out of your head about sexual immorality. 
maybe that's the biggest time you need to start taking things a little more captive. Maybe when it is, I can't go to sleep or I, I can't do this, that, or the other without thinking about it, whatever. Maybe if we stopped for a moment and would just surrender it to the Lord right there instead of saying, one more time, then I'll beat it next time. I'm going to do this one more time and then I'll beat it next time. That's not, that, that, that's part of our cycle. If that's been a part of your cycle, if there's one particular thing, whether it be drugs, alcohol, sex, whatever, whatever your thing is that doesn't line up with the will of God, it's probably part of your cycle. There's probably something that triggers you to go to that. And that is the most important time to take things captive. I like to do this little thing at the at the end of the day. And, you know, I don't always think to do it, but I do, I do it because I'm just one of these people, you know, I've, I've told a little bit about a little bit here and there, and I am very uh, aware of my mortality and my time on this earth. Very aware of it. I stay very, stays at the forefront of my mind. I think it, it does a few different things to me. For one thing, it makes me appreciate every day. It makes me appreciate what I have now. No, we shouldn't live in fear and all this kind of stuff. And it's not always a fear thing. It's just I'm always aware that I'm not going to be here forever. So at the end of every day, I do uh, a little recap of my day. And I'm, all, I'm like, was I a good person today? Now, could we always pray more? Yes. Could we always be in the Word more? Of course. Those two things right there are going to make and break you. You could always do that more. But more than likely, we've got ourselves in a position where we have to go to work every day. And we have to do certain things in order to maintain some type of life for ourselves and our family. So at the end of the day, I'll, I'll do like a little a recap and I'll take inventory of, have I been a, a good guy that day? And that's when I start thinking of the things like, well, I might have yelled at this person. They probably didn't even hear me. And even if you did throw them a finger or something, they probably didn't even see it because they were doing 90 to nothing. When they passed me, they weren't paying any attention to me. They were watching where they were going. They were hauling. But I know I did it. So now it's on me. I know it. You can't get away from what you know. And and if I know it, the Lord for sure knows it. So I'm all like, man, I'm sorry for being such an idiot and, and doing that. And I, I feel like there's a, something else that I kind of just went past really quick in the last episode. Um, I don't even know if I really touched on it or not, but like part of this breaking your cycle and learning who you are through Christ and who you are, who, who God says you are, and building this relationship with your Lord, your Father, your God, Creator. One thing you're going to learn, and this is the difference between our relationship with Him and just having re- religion about it. When you really feel connected to Him, 
a lot of that religion stuff goes out the door. You learn who you are. And I think we're like programmed that if we mess up, there's got to be this, this period of time before we can approach the throne again. And that's a lie from hell. Well, I had premarital sex with this person, or I drank this bottle of liquor, blah, blah, blah. I really messed up. I hear it so often from, from folk who try to get to come to church. Well, I just really need to get myself straightened out. Well, if you're waiting on that, bud, you ain't never going to be here. You ain't ever going to get there if you're waiting on you to be able to do something. But anyway, one thing you're going to learn when, when you get deeper into that relationship with your God is instead of running from the throne, running from him when you do something stupid, you're going to run to him. So for those of you that have children, what would you rather happen? How much, I, I'm, I'm not going to say mad because I don't want you to think of God in the terms of him being mad at you or not mad at you or anything like that. But just think about this for a moment. Say your kid breaks a lamp. I don't know why that's always the thing that comes to my mind, but that's what comes to my mind. Let's say your kid breaks a lamp when you're at work or something. You come home and you really ain't even thinking about it. You're not even looking for it. You got two different scenarios. One, the kid comes straight to you as soon as you get home. You get home and they're like, father, mother, I was acting a fool in the living room and knocked over and broke the lamp. I apologize. How are you going to react to that versus they don't say nothing to you at all? You don't even notice it's broke for a couple of days. But then just out of the blue one day, you're like, where'd that lamp go? Like say it's broken, they cleaned it up, put it away. If it's still laying there, you're probably going to reckon you're going to see it that day. But I'm just saying, like, say they cleaned it up and they hid it and tried to act like it never happened, and the lamp never even existed. But then one day you notice, oh, there used to be a lamp there. I know because I, there used to be light on that side of the room. Hey, little Jimmy or Susie, what happened to the lamp? Cause I broke the lamp. When? Five days ago. You're probably going to be a lot more upset at that than you would have the child that came to you directly after doing it going, hey, I messed up. This is what happened. Sorry. Now, I know earthly fathers, our spiritual father, is a completely different feel, but I'm just saying to put things in a little different perspective here. Lord don't want you to wait until the sting of sin has subsided before you come to him with it. Because it's going to weigh the same either way. He just wants you to come to him with it. It's not a, it's not a out of sight, out of mind situation. It's something that needs to be dealt with now. Do it daily. Do it as it happens. Do everything you can to stay close. And I'll tell you this much too, more often than not, when you don't feel close to like you're not always going to have the butterflies and the the little dandelions and stuff. You're not always going to have that kind of the, the fuzzy little feeling. You're not, that's not always going to happen. It's not always going to be that way. Rather, I don't know why, you know, it might not, I don't think it's part of the plan. I think 
more growth comes out of discomfort than anywhere. But I do believe it happens from time to time. And it's awesome because we feel close to him and it's great. More often than not, it's probably how you're behaving when it don't feel all fuzzy that really tells what your character is like. And I don't know if that's something God turns on and off or if it's just something we tap into and sometimes we're closer to it or not. But I will tell you this much. If you haven't felt God's presence in a very, very long time, what did we say in the last one? He will never forsake you. He hasn't went anywhere. More often than not, you've done something that you know is stupid and you've been so focused on, oh my God, I've done this thing that's so stupid. I can't go to him about it. I got to let the sting wear off before I can talk to God. I got to get myself fixed up first before I can talk to God about it. That's not the way it works. It's not. So if you don't feel him, he's still there. It's just because you haven't been looking over there. You've been concentrating on this uh uh-oh that you had. Or, or you go even farther And you've gotten so consumed with your sin that you don't believe it's sin anymore. You've justified it, which is the direction a lot of the world is going to these days. Mm, Sad, but very true. So I've kind of went off on a tangent here about that. It's, It's not rocket science (laughs) it's not uh what is it uh it's not rocket surgery or brain science it's just what's important to you do you want him and to know him then you're going to put things in your day and there's certain things we're going to you know this is part of our cycle for me anyway parts of our there's there's certain coping mechanisms that we're going to have to learn to do away with now, I'm not saying that secular music's bad all the time and whatever, but I know for me, if I found myself in a particular mood, I would put on certain music that would fuel that mood. And I could usually change my mood by the music I listen to. And I got in a habit for a long, long time that if I was in a depressed mood, because I've dealt with depression most of my adult life, on and off. These last couple of years is probably, it's been the best. You know, since I've learned the things I've learned. not saying it hasn't reared its head every now and then, because it has. But with all that being said, if I got very depressed, I knew I could get myself out of that depressed mood. And then if I started feeding the tough guy side or whatever, and how did I do that? I'd listen to 90s gangster hip hop. Yeah, my country sound and self would listen to the 90s gangster hip-hop because, I mean, in my flesh, that's my favorite music is 90s gangster rap. But I knew I could pull myself out of these funks. You know, I'd rather be ill and mean-mugging than sad and droopy. So that's what I would do. Eventually, I had to learn... Man, it sure is nice just being closer to him. So I will do something that brings me closer to him. Rather than it be listening to praise and worship music or listening to my favorite preacher dude sermon. There's this guy I really like. I'm reading 
I just started his book. His name's uh, Michael Kaiser. Michael Heiser. Man, I can't believe I'm messing that up. He's a great dude. Just because I can't remember what his last name starts with. I got the book right over there. I just can't see it at the moment. But anyway, it's called The Unseen Rim. Michael Heiser, I think is what it is. Anyway, I listen to his stuff. He has like these two and three hour uh, deals he does at colleges teaching about all kinds of stuff of the Bible, like real true translation from Hebrew and Aramaic and all that stuff. I get into that instead. I'll still listen to some secular music every now and then, but I'm not using it to change an emotion. You know, I'm not going to try to justify it. It's probably better to not listen to that crap ever, ever, ever. That's the truth of it. It would be better to just consume holy stuff 24 hours a day and that be it. That is, that's the, that's the preferred method of living. I'm, I'm pretty sure. Um, at least if you're going to consume some secular stuff, you can make it not so raunchy stuff, you know. Probably don't hurt to listen to a little Def Leppard every now and then or something like that. <laughs> of course, a guy sounding like me is going to say Def Leppard, Pink Floyd. That stuff right there has got some stuff attached to it. We're not going to get into that too much. But anyway, ch- changing the way we think about stuff, we have to change how we react to things. We have to we have to change how we react, respond, all this. Think about things, talk about things. We have to change all that in order to get everything centered. And what comes out is a product of what's going in. So if you're just filling this vessel up with garbage, you're probably not going to get gold nuggets out of the other end of it. (laughs) You're probably just going to get a condensed garbage. But if you're just stuffing light inside this thing, and joy and knowledge of Him, and you're just stuffing all this stuff. Now, attacks are going to come. I said that in the last episode. It's going to happen. But as you're stuffing and you're doing all this stuff, all this great things are happening, you're just stuffing it in there, then only good things can help but to come out. You ever seen the YouTube video where the dude takes the, what is it, the three glasses of water and puts the black in one, then you pour the Jesus in it and it makes it clear, yada, yada. Well, that's kind of how it works. You can run this darkness off if you put enough light in there. Light cannot, you know, dark darkness, let me get my tongue untied, Darkness cannot dwell where the light is. Right? Right. What does the scripture tell us? You're the light of the world. Don't put a lampshade over it. Be the light. You don't have to wait on some self-proclaimed prophet or apostle or whatever to come to your town and to touch you, to unlock something inside you, you don't need all that. That don't have to happen. As soon as you accepted Jesus, you got the same Holy Spirit that raised him from the grave now dwells in you. You don't have to have special Billy Bob from Florida or Texas or wherever to come do it for you. 
They're probably just going to play on your emotions and try to get a love offering. I'm just saying. Just saying. But anyway, you don't need all that. You do need a good church family. That is going to help. Tremendously. We're told not to forsake the gathering. Let me tell you. It was a scene from that movie back in the day, Soul Food, where she's all like, you know, to get, you know, individual we're fingers together, we make a mighty fist, blah, blah, blah. And that's true, dude. Or gal. It's very true. With a team of other people, you're going to go a whole lot further. You're going to be a whole lot stronger, a lot more resilient. You're going to have some uh, accountability. You're going to have some people that's going to check in on you. Like when you find a legit place, there's going to be some places that, you know, I can't, you know, if you were lived here in Rome, I could give my uh, recommendations. Not that I know everything about everything, but I'd give you recommendations to the handful of places that I would go here. One of them being where I do go, obviously. But there's going to be some places that you can go in Go through a whole service, maybe shake one person's hand and dip out. And let me tell you, that is not the way it's intended to work. You really need to get in there, get to know some people, and get surrounded by some really good people that are going to hold you accountable and love on you and teach you and disciple you. We all need that discipleship, and that's what's like really went downhill in a lot of churches we're kind of changing gears here a little bit, you know, because we find the, the today's Christian, we find find it happening so often that, yes, they, they come. We, we're getting people saved and they accept Jesus. And, you know, the uh, the capacity of heaven is is growing. More people going, but they're still living in hell on earth because they're not being discipled how to tap into the Holy Spirit. And how to live with it. We're just giving them a license or whatever you want to call it, fire insurance for what will happen when they die, but we're not showing them how to live it here. Todd White, somebody I used to listen to a lot, and it's something he says, and I think he took it from somebody else, was like, Jesus did not pay the price to get you into heaven, but he paid the price to get heaven into you. We are told a tax will come. Things will happen. There will be some shadiness along the way. But we are to be carriers and ambassadors of joy. And the only way that's going to happen is if we break through this cycle we keep going through of up, down, up, down, up, down. Now, life is just up, downs. I know I don't want to keep talking in circles. I says things are, there's going to be ups, there's going to be downs. If you're having the same ups and the same downs all the time, I have to question myself and think it's probably something I'm doing or not doing. Either way, if you don't do anything different, nothing different, anything, if you don't change, then there ain't change. You know what I mean? Keep doing the same thing, you're going to keep getting the same thing. Don't do anything different, you're not going to get anything different. I can say it a bunch of ways. But I'm going to try to be a little less preachy in the next coming episodes. It's just after I, I usually listen to my episodes on my way to work, like the day after I record them. And after I recorded that last one, you know, I've got some positive feedback from some folks and I really appreciate that. I really do. Um, but I just felt like I left a few things out. Nobody told me this. This is when I listened to it. I was like, man, 
I feel like I left a few things out. Maybe I need to get past this whole trying to limit everything to about 30 minutes. You know, I've had a few that are longer, but when I'm by myself, I'm like, y'all probably don't want to listen to me talk that long. So I try to limit it to 30 minutes because I would think you could probably get that listened to on your way to work. If not, half of it on the way there, half of it on the way back, whatever. But anyhow, I think that'll do it for now. I think I have been on this soapbox long enough. Uh, keep in mind, people, I struggle with this stuff too. Maybe we can have accountability with one another and learn. If you want to reach me, it's Chris Powell, K-R-I-S-P-Y-L-E on Facebook. Same name, at a 8-0 to end on the Instagrams. Give me a holler. Give me some feedback. Like and share these things. Love you guys. God bless you and good night. I'm not going to